When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM, Jim Rodriguez, Aaron Hawksworth with you. Happy Monday. And joining us now is Connor Allen of 4 for 4. Super excited to catch up with him. I know he's got some futures we're going to talk about. But, Connor, I want to start with tonight's game, Ravens at Commanders. We were just talking this one over. I know the Commanders, even though they won't admit it, I know they want to end this 24-game win streak that John Harbaugh and the Ravens have going in the preseason. And this spread has been all over the place. Right now, you can find one and a half, two, uh, what is your overall assessment of this game, and have you chose a, chosen a side yet? Yeah, this one's tough for me because you're looking at, obviously, the Ravens' massive win streak here, and it's just one of, like, the, the lowest money lines you're able to get them, you know, that we've seen, at least in recent memory here. They're getting, like, as low as, like, minus 125 in some spots. And so it's tough for me to fade that, but I think that it's, it's worth paying attention to kind of what's going on here with this Ravens with this Ravens team and the commanders here. Like you said, I think the commanders definitely want to, you know, end the 24-game win streak. I think we should see some time here from some of the starters as well. So, um, for me, it's probably a stay away, to be honest. I know that's kind of boring, but uh, it's probably where I'm at. All right, Connor. So, before we look forward, we always have to look pat. We have to look back. And, obviously, preseason week two had some interesting moments. We saw C.J. Stroud, to quote D'Amico Ryans, be more efficient. Uh, you know, the, the Titans seem to have a good problem now at quarterback with the play of Malik Willis. And Anthony Richardson didn't play in week two for the Colts. Anything st- stood out at you in terms of these quarterbacks that, that either gives you pause or makes you think, okay, you know, cause especially looking into preseason week three, where a lot of these guys aren't going to play anything week two make changed your mind or, or gave you an edge in certain way to make any futures bets. Yeah, I think there's some some notes here specifically around the quarterbacks. Like you mentioned, Andrew Richardson not playing was a little bit strange because I thought that I, I still think he needs as many reps as possible. But looking at Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud here, Stroud hasn't necessarily been more efficient, but he was significantly better than he was in the first preseason game. It's going to take a little bit of time with him. That's not really much of a surprise. But Bryce Young I'm a little bit worried about here with, with the Panthers. Uh, I mean, it's just every single time we, we see them go out there, it's just – it's pulling teeth for the receivers to get open. He's going through his reads, but sometimes it's too slow. He looks small out there. Like, things just aren't really clicking yeah. yet. And, again, it's not something that we expect to happen right from the get-go. But when you add a guy like Adam Thielen, whose yards throughout run has declined in six straight seasons, 
you know, essentially meaning that he's not able to separate, not able to get open in intermediate deep parts of the field. And you have a guy like DJ Chark who basically can only run clear out routes. You're going to have to rely a lot on a guy like Jonathan Mingo, who I think, you know, earned a pretty good starting role and is starting in three wide receiver sets for the Panthers, which I think from a betting perspective, maybe provide an edge in the prop market. But uh, in terms of overall, I'm really low on this offense. I think that it's going to be slow, a lot of running, and not very much success early on in the season. How do you rate the Niners and their quarterback situation? We saw Lance, Darnold, Purdy um, all performed, I guess, pretty well, you could say. Um, I've heard everything from some people think the Niners could be in the Super Bowl to some believe they just might outright stink and this isn't going to work out. How do you rate them? Yeah, it's tough because I think overall their roster is pretty good, but it's just not an ideal shape at the moment, I would say. Uh, you know, we're looking at the quarterbacks, and that's the toughest part to, to handicap. There was a report that came out about Brock Purdy, you know, last week about how many interceptions he's throwing in training camp, and I don't really think that that matters a whole lot. We saw that actually the same thing happen with Patrick Mahomes prior to his MVP season, uh, you know, early on in his career where he's throwing like 10 picks every couple practices. And so I think that quarterbacks in, in practice just try to try a little thing, things out here and there. And that's actually something that Kyle Shannon, I think, wants. Like in the game, he wants you to be consistent. He wants you to be able to execute what he lays out. But in practice, I think he wants you to be a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit more on the edge and try and try and push the ball downfield. And that's I, one of his biggest gripes with Jimmy G was that he's like, wouldn't, wasn't able to push the ball downfield. So I don't think that, that that's that big of a deal here. And this Niners team, I think is very much live in the NFC, which really has three teams at the top here with the Eagles, Cowboys, and Niners, and like a bunch of other teams where I'm struggling to piece it together, but I think that there's a pretty clear tier cut for me. Connor, I've, I've, you know, I'm from the West Coast, so I always pay attention to the Rams and, and the Raiders, and they have an interesting, both teams have an interesting backup situation, both with Stetson Bennett in L.A., and all of a sudden, Aiden O'Connell has, has been on fire for, for the Vegas Raiders, 307 yards in two preseason games, three touchdowns. If, if you were going to make any sort of futures bets or anything like that, we know both Jimmy G and Matt Stafford are injury prone. Do you see any value in either Bennett or, or even Aiden O'Connell? Yeah, it's tough because it's so contingent on them actually seeing playing time that, um, you know, like you can maybe bet on them like offensive rookie of the year, but the chances of them playing is like pretty thin or it's just based on like, you know, an, an injury happening. That being said, I do think at some point Seth and Bennett sees time. And Jimmy G, I mean, the reports have been pretty bad so far. Beyond not just his health, where we heard early in the season that, hey, they could cut this guy if they really wanted to because of the way his contract structure, that he was deemed healthy. But all the practice reports have been pretty bad, that he hasn't been able to connect in the middle and deep parts of the field. And that's not too much of a surprise, to be honest. So could we see some Aiden O'Connell down the line? Yeah, it wouldn't be that surprising. Now, that being said – how would we approach that in the futures market is a, is a tough discussion here, especially in like a, a market where the offensive rookie of the year has a guy like Deshaun Robinson at the top and has, you know, three or four stud uh, wideouts ready to break out on top of a Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, who are guaranteed the whole season. So like one of them would have to come in and just like light the world on fire for half of the season to, to really warrant any consideration. 
We now know that Aaron Rodgers is going to make his debut with the Jets this weekend. Of course, they're playing the Giants. I do think it's a smart move because he's obviously with a new team, probably just wants to, you know, get in a series or two and get out of there. Um, do you agree? Do you think he should be playing in the preseason? Uh, I think that normally no, but in this situation, there's probably going to be a little bit of rust. I have some concern about this Jets offensive line right now. And so I think that's probably, I mean, arguably the weakest point of their team. Their defense is really solid. They have, you know, Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook are both should be good to go by week one. And the receivers, I think, are, you know, strong up top with Garrett Wilson, but relatively deep with Lazard, Cobb, uh, and some of the other guys there as well. But the offensive line is a serious, serious question mark. And I think that how Rodgers is able to work through that is going to, I ultimately, for me, determine their season and, and how which way they're able to go because they have a lot of good pieces in place. But, yeah, I think that they need to get out there, but it's more so if, if Rodgers gets hurt, obviously, you know, your, your season's basically over, even though Zach Wilson's looked, I guess, a little more competent as of late. And Connor, what are, you, what are you looking at in terms of futures for this season? What, what's in your sort of crystal ball? Yeah, I've played a bunch of uh, different things here, but uh, one fun one that I think uh, people might like, Indianapolis Colts have the worst record in the NFL. You can find that uh, like 14-1, to 15-1, to depending on the book. Uh, and I think this is kind of an interesting one. Even though they drafted Anthony Richardson, uh, and while I think that his upside long-term is pretty high, the floor here is just dangerously low in year one. I know that they have Nick Sirianni, while Jalen Hurts ascend as a passer, and we've seen other mobile quarterbacks take a step forward. But usually that takes a little bit of time. We look at Josh Allen's rookie season, and he was not very good. It's like a 53% completion rate, a lot of interceptions. Justin Fields early on in the going was a far better passer in college than he was and was still pretty bad in the early going. And those are some of the best-case scenarios. You look at Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, et cetera. I mean, Richardson's going to get the start from week one. They're off the line in the middle of the pack. Their receivers are okay with Michael Pittman and then Alex Pierce, Josh Downs. Jonathan Taylor, we have no idea. He came back and then left and is now back again, but is still not playing. He's on the PUP. Jim Irsay just can't get out of his own way by saying, we literally don't need this guy. I mean, every week, I, someone just needs to shut that guy up. I mean, he just keeps going out of his way to make sure that Jonathan Taylor <laughs> doesn't come back. I mean, it's crazy. It's absolutely outrageous. And the defense here has been, I mean, they're going to be starting three rookie cornerbacks maybe. And it's, it's crazy to me. So I think that they're just favored in three games a season, 15 to one could be a great value here on this team. I love that. I'm going to tail it. I already bet them uh, or faded them in a couple games in December. I think by that point, they're just going to be an absolute disaster. So I'm definitely tailing you on that one. Connor, I know you have some season-long props. We've been going over those division leaders. Um, we're going to be doing passing yard leader by division today. But I know you like a couple ones in the rushing yard and receiving yard uh, markets. Tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, one, I've, I've played a couple of these. The, one of the first ones was I played Tua to lead the AFC East in passing yards, which I know is not, uh, you know, for those for the faint of heart, but it's plus 400. And he actually led the division last year in passing yards per game, had more than Josh Allen at 286.5, went in games that he played more than 50% of the snaps. Uh, there's some videos going around as well. He's learning how to fall, not land on his head. That's, these are all helpful things. Now, obviously, the big caveat is, can he play a full season? And for me, at plus 400, I think that price is worth it for him to be in consideration with a guy like Josh Allen. Uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers, I think, is mostly going to be kept as a game manager if they can help it um, because the defense is just so, so good for the Jets here. 
Another one that I think was in, is interesting is Khalil Herbert to lead the NFC North in rushing yards. That's still 20 to one. I mean, he's been playing a ton with the starters and you're looking at kind of his competition here. You're looking at Alexander Madison for the Vikings, who's not really been much of a lead back for a whole season, obviously playing behind Dalvin Cook. And I think they're going to work in some other guys there as well. Uh, the offensive line is also not great uh, necessarily. And then in Green Bay, you have a combo of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And then in Detroit, you have Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Like all those, the winner of this division could realistically have like, I don't know, 900 yards, 950 yards. And that's well within a guy like Khalil Herbert's range of outcome if they give him like the majority of the snaps. Now we'll probably see a little Roshan Johnson, maybe a little Deonta Foreman. But I think that in this spot here, 20 to 1 on Khalil Herbert is still honestly a pretty good value to lead the, league, to lead the division in rushing. Connor, for as, for as bad or as down as I was on the Tennessee Titans last year, I'm sort of feeling the other way this year. They've got, quote, a good problem at quarterback with, with Tannehill, Malik Willis, and even though he's hurt in, in, in Will Levis, um, seven and a half wins is, is the sort of the, the baseline for them. Uh, and plus 850, you could find them to actually make the playoffs as a wild card. Do you see any, 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 any possibilities with Tennessee and any sort of futures market with them? Yeah, the Titans are tough because initially I actually played an under on them, but that was in March. So that was obviously well before the under Gounder Hopkins signing. Uh, in the free agency, I really didn't like how it turned out for them. You know, they lost right guard Nate Davis. They lost Robert Woods, Demarcus Walker, David Long Jr., Austin Hooper, another guard, Dennis Daly, and Taylor Luan. So we're looking at their offensive line being one of the worst in the league, according to most, like, offensive line, uh, you know, services there that take an in-depth look there. They obviously added DeAndre Hopkins, which I think was pretty good signal that they're not, you know, they have no intention of really kind of trading away Derrick Henry or – kind of changing the season, you know, if it's not going their way. That being said, they're underdogs in six straight games leading into their bye. Just a really, really brutal start in their schedule here. Um, I mean, they have, like, one game against Indy that I think is very winnable. As we mentioned already, I think that their Titans are significantly better than the Colts. So, for me, it's tough because this Titans team tends to almost always outperform the talent on their roster. Like, Brable is just a talent maximizer, and we know that at this point. And so, for me, fading the Titans is really tough to get behind, especially given the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. But I just really worry about this offensive line and their secondary, which was bottom five in EPA per play last year in pass defense. And their front seven is really good, but their secondary, I think, needs to take a step forward to, for them to really be in contention here for the division and potentially making the playoffs. Speaking of getting the most out of your talent, how do you rate the Steelers and Mike Tomlin? I mean, I, Kenny Pickett looked really good the last eight games or so of last season. Are you expecting him to continue to grow, or do you think he's due for some regression? No, I think he can easily take a step forward here. And you talked about talent maximizer. I mean, the, the Steelers just refuse to have a losing season, basically. And now if you have a little more competent quarterback play, um, you know, George Pickens takes a step forward. Pat Fryermuth is in a good spot here. Like, they have a lot of good pieces offensively. Their offensive line should be much better as well compared to the last season. So I think that there's a lot of pieces here that their offense could be better. And then their defense getting a little bit healthier, you know, kind of correlates as well. If the defense is playing better, uh, I mean, they're going to win some games that people are not expecting. Now, when that starts, is that week one against San Francisco? I'm not sure. But I think that there could be some early season upsets for the Steelers. Any, yeah, we've got less than a minute. 
Oh, go ahead, J-Rod. Sorry. No, no. Yeah. I was, I was about to say, if, if you could make one bet in, in less than a minute here, what, what, what was the one thing we, we should be tailing you on? Oh, that's a tough question. I'm going to go with Dak Prescott uh, under 4,000 passing yards, pretty widely available. Going from Kellen Moore, uh, an offensive coordinator who led the league in you know, plays per game over the last four seasons, and then the Cowboys have been top 10 in no huddle rate each year. Now running Mike McCarthy wants to run the ball more, slow the game down, rely on their defense. The volume is going to be a little bit, a lot less, plus the Cowboys added Stephon Gilmore. Um, on top of this, season-long passing unders have hit 78 and 71% the last two years, um, just blind betting them. So I think that this is a pretty good look here on the under for Dak Prescott. Fading Dak, you're speaking my language. I love it. (laughs) Connor Allen, a four for four. You can follow him on X at Connor Allen NFL. Be sure to check out his work. Thank you, Connor. This is Becky All Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, why some people think Pete Carroll may belong in BetQL court this week. (laughs) 